Welcome to the 156th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 2nd, 2019. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show with me is co-host and friend to animals, Carlos Rodella. Interesting intro. Okay, I like this. You should just shake it up each time. Uh, friend to animals. I mean, I love animals. Do you? Yeah, well, I was kind of guessing. It was a stab in the dark there. I mean, you could you could hate animals. I actually, I love cats the most, but who doesn't? I don't. Oh, are we going to have a cat versus dog war at the beginning I mean, of we the don't show? need to have a war. I just, I can't stand cats. If people love them, that's fine. I used to have a cat. Uh, did not get along with it, and it just the thing I hate about cats, dude, is like they mess their shit up. They go around and they like knock shit over, and they like you know like you have something arranged all nicely, and they know that you have it arranged, so they go fuck it up, and it pisses me off, dude. Like, don't mess up my stuff. Don't knock over my glass of water. Don't you know knock my little action figures off of my shelf. Like, fuck off, fuck off, cat. By the way, that is a video game. You can play a cat and knock things off the shelf. Yes, I saw that. Fuck yeah, yeah, fuck that game. <laughs> Fuck He's that like, game. that's too close to home. Um, <laughs> well, I love cats. They don't all knock things off. Some of them do. Um, yeah, I really dig them. Anyway, The other thing that he did, the other thing he did, he would puke, like, on a daily basis. Dude. Well, we took that, this sounds we took like it's your fucking, cat. He is a jerk cat. We took that fucker to the vet so many times, never anything wrong with him. He just had, like, an attitude problem. And he would fucking puke, like, once a day. And it was never on the goddamn linoleum. It was never on the hardwood floor. It was always on the bed, the motherfucking couch. That one little spot where you put your foot when you roll out of bed, right there. It's like, fuck you, dude. I don't like... Ah, this terrible. is exactly why you don't like cats. You had a bad experience. I had an extremely bad experience. Yeah. And I am thoroughly convinced every cat on Earth is just like that. Yeah, they're not, so... They're pretty... I don't believe you. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about that some other time. Hold it till after the show. <laughs> Let's move ahead with what we've got today. Um, folks, before we jump into this week's games, a couple things. First off, just want to remind you all... That if you have thoughts, comments, feedback, requests, anything else, you can contact. Cannot. You did contact it again. Us. That's a second I know. episode. I, I cannot say the word. Do not contact us. I don't know what that means. That sounds slightly dirty. You, what you can do is you can contact us. So video games podcast at gmail.com. I swear one of these days I'll get that right. Uh, that today will not be that day. Uh, also, uh, one of the little bit of housekeeping here. The second thing um, we a couple weeks ago, maybe two episodes ago. We talked about Death Stranding, and uh, we had a comment that came in from Jared uh, Johnston, uh, who is a writer at Game Critics, a cool guy, great writer, uh, love that man. He was listening to the show, and I, I, don't, I don't think I necessarily directly quoted him, but I kind of like nutshell encapsulated his thoughts on Death Stranding. Uh, he wrote in, and he felt like I was off the mark a little bit, so I apologize for that, Jared. Uh, I did not mean to misrepresent you in any way. So if uh, anybody listening wants to go back and get the actual straight dope on what Jared said, please go back. His reviews at Game Critics, you can look it up in the archives, get it straight from the horse's mouth, and you can see what he said. I, I think I said something like he didn't like it that much or he didn't like the combat, and he felt like that wasn't entirely accurate. So I apologize. I do not mean to misrepresent anybody. Um, and so, yes, uh, per your request, Jared, this is your serious and emotional apology and retraction <laughs> for soiling your good name um so that's it for there hopefully uh we're on good terms with jared again and we do have a question slash comment from him coming up a little bit later in the show but for right now let's just get to it and let's start talking about some games carlos uh as per usual, you are up first with your 
random cheap and or free indie game probably on pc hey that's a good uh name for it yeah we were rolls trying to think of, right off the tongue it really did um yeah so here's with the section where i play weird things that are cheapish and or free and talk about them uh today i have uh one that's a little not as cheap uh i found it on game jolt the company distribution platform that i mentioned last week uh game jolt is great for indie games and check it out so i found village monsters uh this is they're at village monsters on twitter by the way it's available now it's in early access so a bunch of these kind of games uh, aren't finished but it's still really fun to play them and see the writing and see the um, systems that are at play and this is uh by this guy named josh that's all i know josh that's his it's just it's just by just by josh it's just, just by the josh one guy. yeah one okay. dude uh, i think you might have had some help with the music he said but in general it's pretty much him and he even like leaves a little uh, note in the game you can uh, read from him. But basically this game is Animal Crossing meets Earthbound meets a little bit of Stardew Valley. Okay. okay. Uh, more in the Earthbound uh, category because you don't really do a ton of, at least not right now, you don't do a ton of harvesting and stuff like that. It's more about running around talking to the different characters in the town. And the setup is that all the monsters in the world, because this world has monsters, uh, are left, but all the humans are gone, except you. So you're the last human, and you basically are allowed to live with this town of monsters. Um, they're in a is village. it like is it like RPG? I mean, I know the, the three things you mentioned are, are kind of in my head, painting like a. 16-bit overhead. I mean, is that kind of what it looks like? Yep, just looks like that. Um, Sardew Valley, Earthbound, um, not like polygonal like Animal Crossing, you know, like 2D uh, cartoonish graphics. Okay. And yeah, no no combat. It's just like um, they allude to he might do a little combat later, but it sounds like basically right now it's like you have your little net that you can ca- catch like birds and monsters in. And you have your fishing rod and you have your little shovel. So it's basically running around doing stuff like that and then talking to characters. Um, and also, by the way, it's published by Chucklefish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Carlos, here's what I'm thinking, man. Um, if he's the last human and everybody else is a monster, I mean, that only begs one specific question. Do you know what I'm about to say? Does it have to do with sex? Of course. Well, of course it does. If he's the last human, I mean, is he going to be able to, like, repopulate the human species? Is it is he genetically compatible with monsters? Like, do monsters even have the right parts? Like, what is that situation? What's that all about, man? How's, wow. that, how's that playing what out? What a great uh, sale for the game. You know, play it and find out. I, I'm very curious about this now. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, you would, you would basically create hybrids, and then it wouldn't be – you wouldn't, like, start the human race all over. You'd have to start a new race. I, exactly be. like yeah, yeah a blend a blend of half monster half human people and imagine imagine the sexual journey that must be that must be pretty incredible i think that's pretty much what he was trying to sell when he created the game <laughs> listen here let's let me pose this question to you um no i think in general what i love about it is if you guys remember earthbound and if you have never played it go do yourself a favor and play that game uh one of my favorite games of all time really is about the wackiness of the stories and the characters that you meet and that's what this is. I mean, there's a lot of characters, uh, a lot of monsters to meet. So it's just like really cool to meet all these characters and then 
after you talk to them, you can like go away for a while and then come back and they have new dialogue options for you. So it's just really right now because it's not finished. I think it's like I get the most fun out of just like running around talking to people, doing a few things, doing some errands, and then going to sleep like a la Sardew Valley, waking up and going and talking to them again. Because there's a lot of dialogue. He's written a ton of stuff in here. So it's cheap-ish, $13.50. I think it's worth it. Village Monsters, check it out on Game Jolt. Excellent, excellent. Okay, cool. Let's move on. We got um, a lot of stuff left in the show here. I have a couple... I mean, you know, a couple episodes back, I was like Mr. Positivity, Rainbows, and Sunshine. That is not me, this show. This show, I have nothing but like a bunch of stuff to complain about so Uh-oh. i guess let's just let's just uh, rip off the band-aid and get right to it okay um first i think in fact i think literally everything is on switch about whatever well okay doesn't matter first game on switch for sure it's called black future 88 it is a 2d side scrolling platforming roguelike apparently it was made by one guy i do not think it was josh i think it was a different guy <laughs> he's making lots of games that <laughs> josh is real busy very talented guy um basically the gist of this is that uh something something apocalypse people stop counting time and then it just stays 1988 forever uh, because we just don't mark years anymore and so you crash into like a building You've got like, oh man, I want to say it's like 17 minutes to live before your heart explodes because reasons <laughs> and you need to get to the top of this tower to kill some guy because that's what you do in this game. Um, so roguelike, I'm down with. Platforming, I'm down with. Uh, indie, I'm down with. Pixel-based, I'm down with. Like all this stuff on paper seems to be my jam. Uh, I really could not stand this game at all. I really, it just rubbed me the wrong way intensely. Um I don't think the graphics are very good. I think they're very ugly. Um, some people say they really like the style. I mean, I respect that. For me, I found it to be very visually unappealing. Uh, also, like a lot of special effects going on, like flashing, kind of strobing shit happening. Your guy has some kind of a dash or something. And I found it really difficult to follow the action on the screen. Like, I just could not visually follow the action. Like, a lot of stuff was going on. Flash, 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 blink, blink, moving around, teleporting, shooting, shooting. And it was just, it was just way too busy. And I just could not really engage with it on that level. And apart from that, I just felt like it was really hard. Uh, just just brutally hard. Um, not very much of a tutorial. I'm not really sure of what I'm doing or why, other than just, you know, shoot things that move, which, I mean, holds true for 90% of games anyway. Uh, I just, I didn't find a way in. I didn't feel like the developer really cared if I was there or not. And it was just like a lot of systems that I didn't understand. A lot of stuff that wasn't clicking with me. And I was just like, why the fuck should I bother? Like, I got a billion games to play. I got a billion roguelikes to play. Like, mm. why should I play one that shrugs when I show up, you know? So, I mean, I didn't play it for more than, I mean, I want to say like half an hour. It just really, really irritated me. I did not get into it at all and did not feel like giving it the time of day. But a lot of people like this one from what I hear. Uh, I do not. I do not like this one at all. I do not recommend it. Um, just did not care for it a bit. How much was it again, did you say? Uh, provided a code by the publisher, so I cannot say. Okay. Um, but it's probably, I mean, I'm guessing no more than 20 bucks. It shouldn't be more than 20 bucks. Uh, it's yeah. probably less than that. It sounds like it was confusing, and that's, like, the biggest thing. Yeah, it's just, like, I didn't, you know, it doesn't take the time to walk you through what it's about. It doesn't really explain the story. doesn't really explain the systems. doesn't really explain why your heart's going to explode in 17 minutes. doesn't explain basically anything. And I get that some roguelikes really get off on having the player 
experiment and explore and try things, which is all well and good. But like, you got to give me at least a little bit of an in. And I mean, but 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 other than that, just the visual effects were overwhelming and the visual style was really ugly. So I just really if I don't like the way a game looks, I'm just not going to be putting time into it. I just yeah. simple as that, you know, video, video games, video, very it's like half the thing, video and games. Half the thing is video. So well, Yeah, well, think about the word video. Like, if you watch a video, like a film or a show, and you don't like how it looks, you're like, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, just the, like, mo- like a lot of the appeal is just not there, and I just really could not get into it. So no disrespect to the developer. I mean, I hear a lot of people say they like it. This one, 100%, not for me, not my jam, did not care for it, and I'm moving on. Now, okay. this next one, this next one I'm talking about, I'm actually very disappointed by uh, Children of Morta. Children of Morta is now on Switch. It's also on every other system known to man. This one has been getting a lot of hype in the last couple months. People have been really trying to position this as like a, um, maybe not a game of the year, but like a top 10 of 2019. It's been very anticipated for a long time. It's been in the oven for a long time. I think the first time I saw it was maybe three years ago. Whoa. Um, I mean, I saw it at PAX a while ago, maybe two years ago, three, at, at least a couple years ago. And this is a another pixel-based roguelike. It's kind of more of a top-down 2D thing. The hook to this game is that you play a family, a fighting family, and each family member has a different fighting style. So, like, the dad is, like, sword and shield. The uh, young son has, like, twin daggers. He's kind of like a thief guy. There is uh, the older sister who does a bow and arrow sort of a thing. The older brother is like a kung fu master kind of a guy. So each member of the family, there's a couple more, uh, and each member of the family has their own fighting style, which is pretty cool. And I like the idea that you've got like this family. Um, you start off in this house, and there's like this threat of you know taking over the land, as you know as things do. You know any any land with a rogue like there's always a threat taking things over, uh, and so you got to take the fight to this thing. I mean, story is not super important, but the neat thing is that these family members have conversations between each level. So, like, if you go to do a level, it plays a lot like Diablo, where you're top-down, running around, shooting, punching, sorting enemy hordes. Um, you get swarmed like a, a bunch. There's a bunch of different enemy types. They just kind of come at you. Uh, but after you go back to your, your house, whether you win the level or whether you die, like, a discussion happens. Like, somebody, the dad will give words of wisdom, or they'll have a discussion about what's going on, or somebody will talk about their inner thoughts. And so... Between each level, whether you win or lose, you get like a little bit more story, which I think is cool. Very cool. I like that idea because it kind of gives you more reason to keep playing and it lessens the sting if you lose because, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, I lost this level. I didn't didn't pass the boss or whatever. But at least you go back and you get a little bit of story. So it, it doesn't feel so bad. Like it feels like you're still kind of making some kind of progress, which is great. Um, I like the graphics and the graphics are great. I think the animation is really great. But the problem with Children of Morta is that it just doesn't feel satisfying enough when it comes to combat. Uh, the combat when you're actually playing it just feels, I mean, like I said, kind of like Diablo, but really grindy. Just like as soon as you start playing, you're like, okay, different characters. This is neat. You unlock a couple characters relatively soon, which is fine. But each one has a really massive skill tree. And to get those skills up, it feels like you're just doing level after level after level after level. Like you're just waiting to get skill points to increase your skills. And it just didn't feel like there was enough meat on the bones right away like and i don't want to feel like okay i just started this game i'm in for like 40 hours of grind i mean i don't know how long it's going to take to beat it i did not finish this game but real soon after starting i started to feel like i wasn't really making a lot of forward progress i was just kind of grinding the same levels to get experience points so that i could unlock some skills so that the combat would be a little bit more interesting 
but I'm engaging in the combat already, so it's not really that interesting. And it kind of started bumming me out, dude. Um, it, it sounds like you, yeah, I was just going to ask, you replay levels, so it's like, you did they want you to replay levels? I mean, they must, because there's no real way that you can blast through them the first time, because you're just not strong enough. And the worst part is, like, when you unlock a new character, you know, like, for example, you start off with the dad and the sister, the sword and shield and the arrow, uh, arrow user. Um, you know, you use those guys for a couple levels, you get them uh, a few powers that are unlocked, a few skills or whatever, and you're like, okay, this is not too bad. You unlock, like, the third character, which is the thief brother. He's, like, at level zero, so you got to go back to, like, the very beginning level oh. to grind him up because he's too weak. He can't survive in those later levels, right? What other game does that? There's another game that does that. It pisses me off because you're, like... I mean, like, like, every JRPG fucking does it, and, like, people should have solved this problem a long time ago. It's a real bummer to, like... You know, I was in, like, the... I want to say, like, the fifth level. Maybe I'm wrong. Something like that. I, I had made some progress. I unlock the new character and I'm like, cool. I'm really interested in this guy's powers. He's weak. He's got no abilities, no skills. And he does, he gets killed in two seconds. No, yeah. That doesn't happen in every GRPG. Cause I know I played, I forgot what it was recently where I met someone and they were just level. I was level nine. Then they were level nine all of a sudden. So that's the smart way to do it. That yeah. is the way to do it. They that, do not do that here. Yeah. That can happen and does. So that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. So it's a bummer to have to go back to like earlier levels to grind just so you can get those guys usable. And I got to just, you know, just the combat just isn't great. Like it's very simple and straightforward. You're not really doing a lot. You're just getting mobbed all the time. It just doesn't have the nuance or the kind of detail or depth that I kind of want for my roguelikes. Because for me, when you go on a roguelike uh, adventure, like it's got to be, you know, new power-ups, new weapons, moment-to-moment -moment strategy, kind of using the best resources you have at your disposal. That kind of happens here because there are some pickups you can get. But in general, it just really feels like you're just doing the same kind of really simple combat over and over and over. And with as grindy as it is, it just kind of just burns you out a lot quicker. So I did not get into the combat. And since the combat is such a large portion of the game, it kind of turned me off of the rest, which is a shame because I think the rest is really good. Yeah. Um, now, just FYI, this does support co-op. It's couch co-op. I don't think it does online co-op in the Switch version. I'm not 100% sure. But there is at least couch co-op. And, I mean, a lot of people who I talked to on Twitter who liked this game said playing co-op is a blast, which I'm like, okay, cool. But this game was not sold to me as a co-op-focused experience. In fact, I'm pretty sure they patched it in afterwards. And I, I just don't want to have to play this with a person. I want to play it by myself. I want to play when I have time to play. I mean, I don't want to have to track my wife down when she's home from work and if we both you know get done with dinner and then play a little i just want to play yeah yeah that you know? said though you bringing that up does bring up a good point of like um there are you know couples or just friends who want to play roguelikes together and it is a unique i think situation that allows for that because that is something kind of cool that you could just like yeah say you live with someone and you want to grind oh that's sounded <laughs> Jeez, Louise. That's a whole. You can do that if you want. You hey, can listen, do that if you want. If you're living with someone and you guys have both set up the situation, if they are a consenting adult. Consenting go for adults. It. No judgment. Can grind in two different ways. Whatever and, way you want to do it. And this way, it's on the video games. And you know what I mean? Like, I definitely like. I've played games, lesser games with like lesser combat and not like amazingness, uh, just because it was fun to do co-op and like. Yeah, just kind of level up. Like leveling up together as a couple or just like friends or whatever is really fun. So uh, there's that, I guess. But I remember yeah. we talked about this last episode and I was interested in picking it up. But now I don't think I will. 
I mean, unless you've got somebody, I mean, you know, playing with a person is automatically more fun no matter what. So, I mean, any game gets like a plus one if you've got a buddy along. Cool. But I, I, you know, I was looking at this more of like a standard roguelike that I could go through. It had a cool story mode, had a cool, you know, family angle. I was interested in all that. And I just, I mean, I kind of question, even if I did have my wife along for the ride, like, would I even still think it was more fun? I mean, maybe for a while. Yeah. But I just don't think the combat is the kind of combat that it's going to take to keep it fresh for the long run. So. All right. Well, here you go. Brad is back. I'm back. I'm back with a vengeance. Uh, this is going to be basically all downers this episode. So. <laughs> hey, I have some uppers. You Although, do? Wait, okay. that's another thing, too. All right, listen. Separate you're consenting adults, issue. and you have... <laughs> you have mind. a bottle of drugs. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to turn it back over to you, Carlos. Um, first up, let's talk about... Star, fuck, I always get this wrong. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's, that's oh, a, a check in. Right? You want to check in with that game? Yeah, let's do a quick check in. I, I, I mean, if you would like to, I thought you were going to give us a check in. I am going to give you a check in. Yeah, let's do um, a check in. I think, by the way, not to sell our own podcast, but I think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, if you like listening to podcasts, people, and you're already this far, by the way, uh, to hear this, and you like, you know, the serials of the world, the the series type podcast, I would argue to say that ours is kind of like that because we definitely check back in on games. Like, seems so far already, just even in a few ones we've done, uh, quite a bit, and you could be like, kind of follow the journey of, you know our experience with the game. I mean, heck, we're probably going to talk about Death Stranding again before this episode. Absolutely. Over. And when you said cereals, I was like, do you mean like honeycomb? Because I really like honeycomb cereal. Oh, now I need to have some honeycomb cereal. Oh, and man. damn you. There's this there's a cereal that I just learned about. I just bought some the other day. And I want to call, it's called Koala Crunch because they donate 1% of every box sold to like saving koalas, but it's actually just like a really hearty Cocoa Krispies. Oh, man. okay. That game, that cereal, not that game, that cereal is pretty good. And I'll tell you a secret. If you eat it after 11 p.m., it tastes like double good. So, like, eat it late at night and it's delicious. Wait, that's when the gremlins aren't supposed to have the cereal. Well, 11 p.m., 11 p.m., don't wait till midnight. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, they they can't have it at 11. They can't have it past midnight. Exactly. So, you're still in the window. You're still okay. None of the young people know that movie. But anyways. Koala (laughs) Crunch is really good late at night. Anyway, uh... Star Wars update, Carlos. Now, I have played this game. I have some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Last time we talked, you weren't really, like, all that far. Um, and remind us really quickly, did you like it? Did you not like it last episode? Previously previously on. Previously on. The So Video Games Podcast. Yeah, so uh, this game is kind of shit. Fuck this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's like pull, fucking, I'm going to call a, I'm going to pull a Brad. Oh. This game is a piece of garbage and fire. Uh, back to normal. Back to normal. Uh, no, Fast no, yeah, forward. I didn't. Um, I was frustrated by the Dark Souls aspect of it. I was frustrated by the difficulty, um, and the puzzles. I was like, I'm in a grown man. I don't need to do any more puzzles. I'm over puzzles. Uh, I'm <laughs> that still... would make it an amazing T-shirt. I'm a grown man. I'm I don't over... need to do no more puzzles. Yeah, I'm over puzzles. Uh, that puzzle part, I'm still with. And every time I bump up against one, I get a little frustrated. But um, the good news is they're not all over the place like I thought they would be. Um, they definitely kind of took the back seat in this next place that I'm at. And I don't want to spoil too much of it. But I will say um, I am definitely playing more because, like I said before, I do like the story. I like the characters. I like BD1, which is a really amazing little joy that you kind of immediately connect to. And what I did is I just turned it on easy mode. But if you listen to my podcast, A Lot of Things podcast, I mentioned on there that it's called story mode, which makes me feel like a baby. 
because it's like, oh, you want to play at story mode. You mean you don't want to, you're scared of the combat? Oh, no. Okay, we'll just let it make it be a story. But, and I don't know what the voice that was, but. I mean, it was a good voice. Go thank ahead. you. Um, but actually, it's still kind of difficult. Even in story mode, you can't like just prance around and be like, I'm the king of the jungle. Uh, you basically still have to defend and you still have to like, you know, fight these guys. Um, but you just don't die by stormtrooper so much. You know what I mean? You don't go like, bing, bing, couple laser shots, you're over, respawn. And, and that's the part that really, talk about taking you out of the story part of it that they build so well. And I'm like, oh, I really want to know what's going on. Um, okay, so that's the first thing. I put in story mode. I accepted that I would just be, you know, uh, that person and had a great time. And here's the thing, Brad, I started feeling like a badass. And that's kind of what I think a lot of people that picked up this game wanted to feel like. And I get it. Respawn want to make another thing, and that's fine. Make your own version of Star Wars. It's fine. Add a little Dark Souls in there. But I'm not saying change it totally. But I will say if you were one of those people like me and wanted to feel like a Jedi because it's in the name of the game, you feel like I feel so much like a badass. Like The people are like, watch out. The guy's coming around the corner. I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm going to take out all of you fools real quick. Um, so that's the that's A. I feel like a badass story mode. B, as you play it further, you notice a lot more mechanics. So I just got into a place where I got inside a vehicle. That's not really a much of a spoiler. And it was a whole crazy set piece that was incredible. And I kind of had never seen anything like it in a Star Wars game. So if they do more of those things, I'm like so in. So A is story mode, feel like a badass. B, there's definitely new mechanics that I'm interested in. All right, fair enough. So how far along are you? Do you know roughly? I don't know roughly. I've hit a few planets. Three planets? Four? Three or three planets, I think. Okay, okay. Good to know. So after you had started, I decided to jump in as well. So I started Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and for the first probably like two hours, I was pretty into it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I do feel like a badass Jedi. You know, I like the third person action uh, because, you know, a lot of Star Wars games in the past have been first person. If you're old enough to remember those, never a big fan of those. Uh, so I liked that it was third person. I liked, you know, that there was some platforming. When we talked about it the first time, you made a lot of references to Uncharted, and I think you were totally spot on because a lot of the platforming, it, it feels like it's kind of pushing you forward the, the same way that Uncharted wants to keep you moving, where there's a couple like little low ledges you can jump on, uh, you know, mantle over. There's a couple jumps you do. Um, there's like you said that there was a lot of those like slip and slides that happen. Oh, there's I don't there like is buku slip and slides. There is ridiculous slip and slides. It's a little bit out of control it's like the shoots and ladders school of game design in this game it's just it's too much too much with the slides that you go down there's like ice slides all over the place where they just shunt you down there's like these slippery jungle slides by the that, way like, why are those fucking slides there i just realized that who put those slides there i don't even that's know not, that's not a natural slide that's like a man-made fucking slide i don't even i the slides are out of control doing like one of them or two of them in total is fine 
There's like 19 slides in every At level. At least. There's 150 slides. It's ridiculous. Um, so for the, the first couple hours, I, I was like, okay, not super grooving on the main character. He seemed kind of like kind of boring to me. Um, really generic. Seems to kind of, you know, designed by committee to appeal to like all of the, the whiny white, you know, fanboys who get their panties in a bunch anytime anybody with color shows up in Star Wars. Or a woman, for God's sakes. Heaven forbids. Um, so I didn't care for the main character too much, but I liked the supporting cast. I thought they were cool. You yeah. you, you party with uh, this black lady who's cut herself off from the force. She's got a lot of, like, you know, traumatic past. And then you've got this alien pilot guy who's kind of this grizzled, scruffy, doesn't really want to put himself in danger kind of a guy. That's kind of cool. BD-1, your droid who rides on your back, also pretty cool. Like the cast. And things were going okay. But after a while, I just got really, really tired of it, dude. I'll tell you... Um, the way that this game draws influences from, uh, you know, from Uncharted, from Tomb Raider, from Dark Souls, um, a little bit from Titanfall. I mean, you know, you get a pass on the Titanfall one because it's the same developers. But the rest of this, a lot of it feels like it doesn't really go together. Like uh, the Dark Souls elements don't make any sense. It doesn't yeah. make any sense that you need to find these, you know, these meditation spots. And why would that bring back all the enemies in the level? It doesn't make any sense. And as they want you to do Dark Souls exploration, but in Dark Souls, when you explore, you find like badass weapons and really powerful armor that's worth finding. In this game, you find palette swaps for your poncho that have literally no gameplay effect or like oh. these different color swaps for your ship, or your robot. Again, just cosmetic. It makes no sense that you would track down all the stuff in the level because there's like no benefits getting it. And this is the worst kind of cosmetic. A poncho, just like a million things or one outfit. Pick maybe two outfits. Oh, my God, dude. He's got, like, 42 different ponchos. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He doesn't have, like, a different pair of pants? He doesn't put on a hat? Like, nope. what's going on? Nope. It's, like, it's oh, it's like worthless stuff. But, I mean, that even wasn't too bad. But the thing that really got me was, like, when I got to the puzzles, the puzzles are awful. They're I told really you. awful. You were totally right, dude. Those puzzles killed so much of my positive energy. Pushing balls into holes Ugh. and figuring out how to get the giant ball up a ramp. And I'm like, oh, my God, these puzzles are terrible and these have like literally nothing to do with star wars these feel like the worst kind of tomb raider puzzles um that are just not good and they take up a long time and they're really awkward and sometimes they're not clear and you got to like spend a lot of time running around the level trying to get back to the right place to do the right thing oh and, I mean, that reminds those me things oh yes i'm about, I'm about, about to say to it right it. now the thing that is the worst the worst absolute worst part about this game is when you finally finish whatever it is you're doing they always say, okay, now go back to your ship. And it, it's never a fucking straight line back to your ship. you got to go through, like, chutes and ladders and hills and valleys and tunnels. Or how about a fast travel, motherfuckers? I know. There's no fast travel. I'm like, oh, my God, will you please just let me get back to my ship? And sometimes it is so not clear how to get back to your ship. And it seems like when you look on the map, it would be simple. But then when you go to do it, sometimes there's a ledge that's a one-way ledge. Or you're at the bottom of one of those motherfucking slides. And you cannot climb up the slide. And you're like, I just want to get back to my ship. You're telling me to get back to my ship. I just want to move on with the story. And you, I mean, I, in the first world, like the second world, I think it was, I spent like more than an hour trying to get back to my ship. And I Ugh. couldn't figure out how the fuck they wanted me to get back to my ship. I started to like, like legit hate the game at that point. And I just oh, was yeah. like, you know, combat is not good enough in this game for me to put up with this shit. The pickups are not good enough. Like that, the story that map, is not good enough. That map oh, does not help at all either, doesn't it? No. It looks like it would help and it really doesn't help. It doesn't. And I just started getting really, really frustrated with it. And like the frustration started to really override 
those little moments of Star Wars coolness, like when the music kicks in or like when you reflect a laser back to the stormtrooper or, you know, like when you see like, you know, the one of the big enemy, I won't spoil it, but like when one of the big enemies shows up from Star Wars, you're like, oh, cool. Like those Star Wars moments are what I'm here for. That's what I showed up for. And they get drowned out by not being able to get back to my motherfucking ship. The stupid slip and slide designs, the crappy Tomb Raider puzzles, and the really like shitty combat. The combat is shitty in this game. Yeah, Anybody I feel play- like yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's shitty. It's really shitty. It's just bad. Yeah. No, I think that that's what it's kind of ties into the Dark Soul thing that I was mentioning is that, and that you mentioned too. It's there for what sake? Like for what reason? Who knows? You know what I mean? Because, and like because it's people like, like Dark Souls, I guess. And it's like, oh, it's going to be kind of like Sekiro, where you have to like be up and close and personal. You have to like parry a lot and really like attack immediately, or you'll die. Like it, I don't. None of that makes sense. Like he he could. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And it, it is, like you said, sense. it is not fun, but story mode made it more fun because I wasn't fucking dying all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I think that they are they have the beginning of something cool here. If they had just focused on maybe just maybe just staying with the Uncharted school of design where it just kind of funnels you forward a lot of set pieces, a lot of explosions and doing cool Jedi shit like I'd be like, yep. yes, I like that. That's cool. I want to do that. But the Dark Souls stuff makes no sense. The combat is nowhere near as good as FromSoft combat. The level design is garbage. And they just, a lot of this time I spent just felt wasted. I did not feel like this game respected my time. And one thing that gets me more pissed off than anything else is when I feel like this game is wasting my time or any game wastes my time. I'm out, dude. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to live for infinity, okay? Like, I need to, like, maximize my game time. And fucking running around in circles in a goddamn level because I can't find the exit is stupid waste of time. I think so what like, you said is, yeah, what you said is perfect. If it was like a uncharted with a fast travel at the end of your like level, like what? Just go to a cutscene and show him getting on the fucking ship. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> just get How hard out is of that? here. Yeah. Move us to the next section. Give me some more gameplay. Because guess what? We just spent a long fucking time in that whole map. Oh my God. Absolutely, dude. Like you go through all those levels and they're really long and kind of intricate and oh my god just like when that message comes up of get back to your ship i'm just like delete no i'm gonna delete you is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna delete you and i did deleted the fucking game i just got it off my hard drive i'm done i I actually came in with a little bit of positive uh feedback and you you brought me down with you which is fine because you're you're right brought you over to the dark side you did bring me to the dark side nice uh i will say one last dark side comment then (laughs) um the wookies Okay, spoiler. They look terrible, dude. Oh, you they saw look, them? They look terrible. They were made in dreams. They look like they were made in dreams. No they offense to like, dreams. They look like seaweed piles with feet. I it don't is, know how they could have done them so badly when everything else is fine. They look atrocious. When I saw them, I, I literally laughed out loud, dude, because the Wookiees look atrocious. They look so bad. I mean, if you play dreams, I straight up looks like they're created in that system. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. They look yeah, it's it's pretty dumb. Bad. It's pretty bad. Okay, yeah. so Move on. I deleted the game. It is off my hard drive. I'm not coming back to it. I may YouTube the ending because people said the ending was cool, but that's as far as I'm going to go. Carlos, are you going to keep playing? I'm going to keep playing because I hit this this kind of stride with story mode. Now it didn't help me get back to the ship quick, but uh, in those instances, what I do, and if you're a listener and you still want to play it, you could do this. You just shut the fucking game off for a minute and then come back to it and you go, oh, yeah, my head's a little clearer now. I can see where it is, how to get out of here. Because, you know, it's the same thing with like The Witness or some puzzle games that are much harder. You go, fuck this game for a minute, come back to it and you figure it out. 
well, this isn't that hard. It's just like you don't know where to go. So if I get stuck in those situations, I just turn it off. I don't delete it. And then I come back and I go, oh, of course, it just go this way. And then I, I find the thing. Um, so, yeah, I think in general I'll keep playing it because the set pieces are so cool. Once you find those really cool set pieces, they're amazing. Yeah, there are some good bits for sure. So I just want more of those, and I want to see what the ending is. So I think I'm going to do it. Now let's check back in because I might hit one of those places where – it's like two hours to get back to my ship and I'll be like, fuck off and un- I'll delete it, man. If they had just like made this like a seven hour on, you know, not on rails, but like kind of a roller coaster, just kind of pushy forward and just like boom, 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 set yeah. piece, set piece. I would have loved that. I would have been great. Um, that's all I want. That's like the video game equivalent of a Star Wars movie. That's what I'm down for. What they turned out is fucking weird and I'm, I'm just not here for it. So. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's do a quick Death Stranding update. I don't have a lot to add myself because I finished the game and moved on. I mean, I got a little bit to add. I'll save it to the end. But we did, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, get a comment from Jared Johnston, who did the main review for Death Stranding at GameCritics.com. And he, in addition to uh, saying that he felt like I misrepresented, which I apologize for. Sorry, Jared. um, He did send in a quick comment, which I will read, and then I will turn it over to you to respond, Carlos. Okay? Okay. So this is Jared. He says, I'm wondering now that you're both further into the game, how you're feeling about the core plot, which I did not like. It's funny, both last week on the podcast and Mike Susky's excellent second review on the site, which you should all go read, mentioned that this is an improvement on Metal Gear Solid 4, and we are surprised that the guy who did Metal Gear Solid 4 wrote this. But as I spent 30 minutes having nonsense thrown at me, I had the exact opposite opinion, where I thought, this is totally written by the guy who did MGS4. Except with that game, I had 20 years of backstory and I cared about those characters, which made it slightly more bearable while I honestly didn't really care about any of the people in Death Stranding. So, Carlos, you have not finished, correct? No, I have not. Okay, so at the point where you're at, wherever you are right now, how do you feel about the core plot? Yeah, it's the same feeling as I had last time. It's this kind of, and maybe even more so, it's, it's that thing where there's so much, in quotes, emotion and tears because every motherfucking character in this game uh, cries or at least tears up Uh, none of it's earned and I don't really care about anybody and you know like Sam Bridges I encounter a bunch of different characters like he does and he's just his expression is kind of my feeling which is like huh you know he's just like (laughs) he's like what's this about and he doesn't say much because he's you know just Sam Bridges he doesn't say much and he uh, he feels like I feel like him. I just feel like, all right, okay, you're. I can't say I don't want to say any spoilers. You're this character who does this thing now, and I get to learn <laughs> about those systems, and that's pretty fucking weird. All right, see you later. Um, that's it. You know, I don't, I don't. I mean, and oh, and melodramatic. There's definitely a character I just met who's over the fucking top, and. I don't care, even though all of his, like, it's a pretty, like, sad story, but I still, I can't believe it, you know? So, um, after we talked um, in the last podcast, I heard you playing it or something like that, or we talked about it for something, and I went back in, and it was, like, four hours later, because it is a game that definitely hooks you in, mm-hmm. and the systems, you're like, oh, fuck, I just gotta get this warmer package, and I found all those snowy hills with all the those snowy hills are really hard. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, but fuck you, snowy hill. I can beat you. Cause that's just in our nature as people to be like, I can beat this system. 
So I got stuck back in for, I don't know, I beat like three more chapters or something. Pretty huge. Okay, okay. So I'm pretty deep in, but I still don't care. So I think I might do the unthinkable, which is watch the ending on the internet. So oh no! Don't, I don't know. Don't, don't know. watch the ending on the internet. Don't watch it. Wait, do you don't. Not. What? You don't even want me to watch it? It's not worth watching, dude. It is totally not worth watching at all. No, it's totally not. Because I covered this. I think I, I mentioned this in the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again, just really quickly, just for the sake of answering Jaren's question. Um, you know, I played this game for 57 hours. I loved 55 hours. The last two hours, which is basically the ending, is like a solid two-hour ending. It's garbage. It's total garbage. It's nonsensical gibberish. There's a lot of beginnings of cool things. There's a lot of like, there's like four or five really cool ideas that pop up, but they just like get a little bit of lip service and then Kojima moves on. None of it really ties together. And when he finally gets to the very end of like his explanation of what's going on, it's just crap. It's total crap. Mm. Kojima cannot write a story to save his life. He cannot direct to save his life. There's no drama. It, it was a mess. But I will say that playing this game, playing mind you playing is great i think he is like god tier game designer really brilliant truly genius when it comes to the mechanics i mean i loved playing this game had a great time i don't regret it at all um but man that story was a pile of flaming horseshit and i don't recommend it to anybody don't even bother with the ending it doesn't make any sense it's stupid mm. it's really fucking stupid so that's interesting you say that about the mechanics and the the gameplay again because again if we, anything we want to reiterate for So Video Games Podcast is that, yeah, both of us thought it was pretty stellar in some of its mechanics, some of its social aspects. Sure, absolutely. Um, and that's the first time we talked about it. We were raving about, you know, the game itself. And I won't take that away from it. And it's a really special uh, experience I get to have this year. You know, it's I think it's fallen out of my spoiler um, top games of the year, weirdly enough. I think it... It's not sticking with me enough, you know. It was definitely more of a shock and awe kind of thing, like "What the fuck? This thing is crazy!" And then, yes, it's addictive, but like, why am I doing it? So, whereas if anybody is having any um, uh, question about what my probably favorite game of the year is, I always say Greedfall is so good about me wanting to care about the outcome. And so, of course, I'll keep putting in the 20, 30, 40, 50 hours. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fair I don't enough. know. I don't know what to say anymore Fair enough. about well, that training. I, I love the mechanics so much. Like I said, I, the story's garbage. Hate the story. Characters I felt nothing for. Waste of time with the story. But playing the game, Death Stranding, I thought was amazing. I love what he did. I played it all the way through. I did everything I wanted to do. I think the online, I mean, we, we, we raved about it. And like you said, I'm not going to take any other way. I love playing that game. I just don't love the story. And the ending is an insult. It's like a slap in the face. Okay. But I wrapped it up uh, two episodes ago. And I, I kind of felt like I wanted more. But there just wasn't anything else to do. Like, I didn't want to just do random missions over and over for no reason. Because, I mean, there's really no point to it. I mean, it was just like, I don't want to play it just to play it. I got to have, like, a goal. So I'm like, well, I, I want more of this feeling of playing it. But I don't want to play this anymore because there's really no goal for me. So I think what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to go back to Metal Gear Solid Five, which I never yes. finished. Never finished it because the story really put me off. I hated the story in that game. I hated the characters. Like, it made me vomit. Like, I just couldn't stand it. But I want more of the mechanics. Kojima is a genius when it comes to gameplay design, scenario design, mechanics in his games. Like, he's, he's totally a genius. And I love what he does. 
I just can't stand his writing. I can't stand his story. So I'm going to go back to Metal Gear Solid 5, which I never finished. I'm going to skip all the cutscenes, and I'm going to just play the game. I'm just going to, like, get the gear. I'm going to do the stealth. I'm going to get that dog that has, like, the knife in his mouth. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, yes, I want a dog with a knife in his mouth. I want my dog to stab people for me. That's great. I want to ride that little mech suit thing that you get. Yeah. I want to just play the game. I'm going to ignore all the story, and I just need some more of that crunchy Kojima goodness. That's what Dude, I want, but I do not want the story. I'm going to do the same thing. I actually was going to tell you that because... Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah, because I, ha- <laughs> I, I own it. I mean, it's in my digital library. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I bought it. I played it. I played a ton. Again, I got lost by the cutscenes. I was like, why the fuck do I care about these people? But I love the sandbox of it, and I love the upgrades, and there's those cassettes. Yeah, and yeah, the music. It, yeah, it feels really cool of an environment so i might do the same thing let's check in on a future episode we'll do that i'm gonna jump into it tonight and just as a psa um i don't know if it's still gonna be on sale by the time this episode goes up i think it probably will but the digital deluxe ultimate all-in-one experience which has the main game of metal gear solid 5 all of the online stuff included and every bit of DLC, all of it, 100%, is on sale on PSN right now for $8. What Literally the bitch? Eight, $8. I had the original version, but I didn't have all the DLC. And I'm like, holy shit, the wow. entire thing is on for 8 bucks. Of course I'm going to buy that because I can get like a different horse color. I can get the different outfits or Wait, whatever. are you going to start over then? I was not really that far, and the last time I played it was like a long time ago. I'm just going to start fresh, dude. I might start, start over. You just got me excited. I might just Eight get this. $8, people, for oh. all of it. That is a ridiculous fuck. Even if you hate the story and cutscenes like I kind of do, the gameplay is great. And for 8 bucks, that is a ridiculous deal. You've got to okay. get it. I'll yeah. get it right after soon. Let's finish this podcast. Let's finish the podcast. i got to hurry up and get that. Okay. Jared, I hope we answered your question. And Carlos, do you think you're going to keep pushing on, or do you think you're going to call it good on Death Stranding? I think we just got to check back in. I let's leave it as a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I have a couple quick check-ins. We got a couple more games. We got one Q and A question from a listener, and then we're going to be done the show. So there's still some stuff to get through here, folks. Yeah, I got um, a big game to talk about yet. So. You do. You got a yeah. big one coming up. I'm very excited to hear about this. But before we get to that, I got three really quick dismissals. Um, so no spoilers here. They're all they're all kind of bad. Dismissal is pretty much the worst thing you could say. It is. They are they are dismissals. I'm just. Have you canceled them? They are. (laughs) I am fully immersed in cancel culture right now. Okay. And I am canceling all the games that I'm playing right now. Okay. So the first one is called Still There. You play a astronaut who is stuck on a space station. He's doing his job and he wants to come home. Uh, It's really interesting. The design. It's a hand-drawn very small environment so like imagine yourself sitting in a a spinning office chair right so like and then you what you can do is you can spin in your chair that's all you can do you can't go anywhere you just spin so like in front of you is like your control panel you spin to the left it's like your food source you spin to the back it's like where you sleep you spin one more time it's like the other like control panel or something that's what the game is like you're basically spinning in a chair that's all your whole environment right there weird so what you do is you talk to this AI guy and he just kind of, you know, he wants to do this job and he's like, oh, you know, go check the water filter. Hey, go check the, the radar. Hey, go check this thing. And it seems like kind of interesting. I'm kind of like the idea of it. I like the fact that it's kind of really small and indie and that it's, you know, clearly more of a thinky kind of a game. But this game is really, really, really hard and obtuse and they give you like no help whatsoever. So 
I'm sitting playing it. I'm, I'm you know, checking out the environment. I'm thinking this is kind of neat. And the, the AI guy is like, hey, go check the, the water pressure. And I go, okay, how do I do that? Because I'm not a real astronaut and this is not a real space station. I don't know how to do this. I stumble fuck my way through it. I like, I'm just pushing buttons at random. I mean, they give you some help, but it just is really, you know, it's, it's way more obtuse than it should be. I finished with that. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Thank God. Let's get to some story or something. And the AI guy's like, you know, you look hungry. You should eat something. And I go, okay, well, I know where the cafeteria is. It's literally 90 degrees to my left. So I turn there and I'm like, can I eat this? No. Can I eat this other thing? No. Can I eat this thing? No. I can't find anything to eat. I don't know. It's like, there's not anything to choose from, but I still can't find what to eat. And I'm just like, this shouldn't be as hard as this. It should be easier. I should get a little bit more instruction about what I'm doing. I, I'm already stuck and I've been playing the game for like 15 minutes and I just don't feel invested enough at this point to like slog my way through it. So I just, I noped out. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do this. Don't want to do it. So still there, kind of interesting, but man, just give me, throw me a bone, you know, like walk me into your game a little bit and then let me find my feet before you send me off on my way. Ooh, pun intended. Find your feet. There you uh, go. Yeah, that seems like a, a similar to the other game. Just if you're confused, if Brad's confused, you're out. I mean, honestly, kind of. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I think that there is an art to getting a player into your game. I think that you need to explain certain elements. You need to make sure that you guys are thinking in the same way. You know, your concepts need to be communicated. You need, I mean, I've played like a billion games in my lifetime and like they're all different, right? I mean, some things are pretty similar. You, you play an FPS, you pretty much know what you're doing. But when you have a really quirky, small indie game that's very unlike anything else you've played, you cannot count on that being intuitive to the player. You must explain what you want them to do. Yeah. You must explain what your thought process is. And if you don't explain it, what you're asking for is a player to get stuck and frustrated and to move the fuck on because these days there's a billion fucking games out there. So... Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit there and beat my head against my monitor because I can't figure out what to do, right? So, anyway. Makes Still sense. There. Next up. Next up, Lost Ember. This is another indie. Uh, this is about a... I mean... I, I've, I don't even know how to even approach this, dude, because I feel like it's a little bit of, like, Native American appropriation. Uh-oh. Where... So you play as like a, a spirit that did not get to go over to the afterlife. You're kind of stuck on, I mean, earth or whatever it is you are. And there's this like they talk about the tribes and they talk about their rituals and like their beliefs and stuff. And it looks kind of like like it's kind of dipping into Native American stuff. But the guy's talking. He's got a British accent. And so I'm kind of wondering like what the connection. Why is it British? And how is this connecting to like this Native American kind of like animal type of myth that they're going with and as you play it there's not really a lot going on you're just kind of running from place to place when you get to a certain place um third person you start off as like a fox or maybe you're like a wolf oh i've seen the trailer for this yeah it's a pretty cool trailer you're running around and it seems kind of like an open world exploration thing which is really not what it is um you just kind of run from point to point and when you get to a point uh the british guy shows up and he's like oh hey by the way um, you were like this guy in, the, in your past life and this is what happened to you. Okay, move on. And then he just like tells you a lot of stuff, but you don't really do a lot of stuff. Like you're just running from British guy telling you something to the next time the British guy tells you something. Hmm. And it's really just like, I don't care. Like I don't, I'm not really interested in your story because I'm not really sucked into your game yet. 
and just running from place to place is not very intriguing. Now the hook to this is that your fox slash wolf can transform or, or like, you know, kind of possess other animals, not in like a negative devil way, but just like, you know, you just borrow their body in a friendly way for like a little while. Yeah. You can be like a hummingbird and fly around, which is neat for like five seconds. Or you can be like a little wombat who kind of rolls around. What was but that game? Remember that game? Everything? I know that game. I did not play that game, but I yeah, know what you're talking there about. There was something similar where you like kind of take over different forms. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I don't know what everything was like. I mean, I, I, I saw it. But in this game, you basically just take over somebody else's form to keep moving to the next time the British guy talks to you again. And then you just you just don't really do anything. You just go from story bit to story bit. And I wasn't involved in the story. So I didn't really care about getting to the next story bit. And the gameplay of just going from place to place not interesting enough to really suck me in so i by by the way who's this british guy i don't know man it's weird it's really weird i mean i guess it's better than like somebody trying to fake like a native american accent which would be also kind of horrible but it just the whole thing feels really weird and i don't quite understand what they're going for canceled Um, canceled canceled last one stillness the stillness of the wind which is on the switch uh also on ios this one is really interesting. It's also really boring, but it's really interesting because you play as a grandmother, which how many times do you get to do that, right? How many times I mean, are you a grandma? I'm in. I'm listening. I mean, right? Like, you're like, that's a perspective we don't get very often in games. You play a grandmother who is living on a farm. It is a uh, very stylized third person, um, almost like a Diablo top-down kind of viewpoint. You're on a very small farm that looks like you're in the middle of a desert. You have a couple goats and some chickens a cheese making machine and like a, a little piece of ground that you can plant seeds in. And that's all you get. And like once a day, the mailman shows up and brings you a letter from one of your relatives who has left the farm and is like, Hey grandma, we miss you. It's amazing that you live on the farm by yourself. Uh, maybe we'll see you like at you know, Thanksgiving or whatever. Um, and you just get this letter. You read the letter. You feel a little sad, melancholy. And then you just like walk around your farm for the rest of the day. Like maybe you plant a seed, maybe you make some cheese, but that's all you really do. And I think it's interesting because I think it's trying to show you that at the end of this grandmother's life, like, what does that look like? What does that feel like when everybody who's younger than you, your family, the next generation has moved away and is continuing their own phase of life, which you are not a part of. That's kind of fascinating. And that's kind of something that a lot of people are going to face. I mean, God willing, if we all live to be that age, we're going to be facing that ourselves what does that look like when you were that old? What does that look like when you were not young enough to keep up with the young people? What does that look like when you are in the final stage of your existence? Really interesting approach, but I gotta be honest, dude, this game is boring as fuck because you just don't do a lot. Yeah. But isn't that part of it? Like, I I mean, it kind of is part of it, but like, it's, it's also painful to get through. Like it's, it's Mm, tough. I'm uncanceling this. I I mean, I'm uncanceling it. Okay. Uncancel it. Check it out and let me know what you think because I mean, apparently this game is like three or four hours long, which is not a huge investment. But I got to say, like, it just felt like literally nothing was happening, which, again, I think is kind of the point, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, I don't want to do nothing for four hours. Um, I would have kept going, but I'll tell you one thing, though. I would have kept going just out of curiosity. But what happened was there are a couple structures that are outside the fence of your farm that are kind of like a little bit further out in the desert. And this game has a bug, which people have reported. If you walk a certain way outside your fence into the desert, what happens is the game forces you 
to keep walking. You can't stop and you can't turn around. And so what happens is you just walk to your death out into the middle of the desert. Oh. I got hit by that bug. I started looking around because I thought I saw a structure in the distance I want to go check out. And there was something there, but I couldn't walk that way because the bug hit me and I kept walking out into the desert. Grandma could not turn back. Grandma could not get a glass of water. I just Grandma. kept walking. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sensing a theme here with you and bugs in video games. It and, happens all the time, dude. That is my that is my that is my predilection. I find these bugs. I always do. Well, I think it might have something to do with we talked about uh, this off the podcast, but you're like I wouldn't say aversion, but just like bad luck with technology. Oh, I mean, I it's even kind of an aversion. I'm okay. definitely averse to PC gaming. That's for sure. Right. So maybe it's just like yeah, it's coming for you. It's like listen, it knows that you don't can't deal with this stuff. It's just gonna throw a bunch of crap at you. If, um, there, if there is a bug in your game, I will Brad's gonna find, find it. it. I will find it. So I am officially uncanceling this because uh, I saw the trailer for this in artwork now that I just looked it up. And I had been actually looking forward to this a while ago. Um, as you know, uh, people, dear listeners, uh, that I will try any game and weird games. I mean, Brad will try any game too. But I totally relish and enjoy the abstract, obscure, and something that's like really going to be... I think in quotes boring for other people, um, and I yeah I just relish those games. And this is definitely this interesting take I think on what a lot of the reviews call it is um, grace, like seeing like what it mean, means to be like you know quiet and live this kind of interesting desolate life. And yes, I don't think video game wise it sh- looks like it's going to be fun, but I definitely it's about expectation. I don't think I'd go in with that like wanting something else besides just like i mean people love harvest moon and back to stardew valley and stuff because yeah yeah. not really much happens but they do like just enjoy running around the farm and stuff and it it feels something similar to that and if it's a short experience um i'm all in so i I didn't mean to say that you don't like weird games because you love weird games we love every game on this podcast that's what you start with every time we talk about uh the show but i think i would enjoy this more than you because give it a shot yeah yeah i like the solace idea a lot give it a shot it definitely gets the solace it gets the loneliness a lot of people describe this game as meditative i think that's all true um i just i just needed a little bit more to do and i think it would have been okay i mean apart from getting hit by the bug which was a big problem right other than the bug i just i just needed a little bit more but i like the idea i like the subject material what it's going for i like the concept of being that older person who's just like you're just not in the thick of things anymore like you know grandma got left at the farm because grandma's really old and no one wants to hang out with her and what does that look like that's that's really fascinating you, to explore in the game space you know what would be amazing is at the very end of the game like grandma becomes a wizard or something or like <laughs> grandma like kicks ass and she has to fight a monster and there's like a boss at the end that would be pretty cool that would be dope and if that actually <laughs> happened i would go back and replay this i'll game. let you know because i'm gonna play it go play this game and find out so that's all i have to say i i didn't I didn't hate that game, but it just, I found it really tough to get through. So stillness of the wind, I think is really interesting. Not for me, but I think it's really interesting. I'm glad it exists. And yes. I wish it didn't have that bug because I would have kept going. Okay. Yeah. You, you had grandma's uh, die of dehydration. So that's I mean, fun. it was kind of fitting that she walked out and killed herself in the <laughs> desert. Really kind of sad. So anyway, anyway, reminds me of like those uh, stories you hear about when uh, a, a relative gets really old and they can't fend for themselves. They become a drain on the village. They just like, chuck them off a cliff or something or they like send them out on the little the ice flow you know i've heard those stories i don't know if that's true or not but have you heard those stories i haven't heard that specific story but 
Oh man, I've heard like you know, I've heard that some Inuit tribes, and this may be totally false. Maybe I got to check on Snopes or something like that. But I've heard that sometimes when they get really old, they just go out on a little ice floe and just get you know go out in the ocean because they don't want to be a drain on the village anymore. That's I mean that kind of what it felt like when Grandma started out in the desert. You know, she's All like right, oh. Debbie Downer. And I know, right? It's <laughs> happiest podcast in the world right here. Okay, moving on, moving on. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about uh, before we get to Q and A uh, is War Groove. Carlos, you mentioned to me you're going to play this i'm very curious i know a lot of people have played this and a lot of people like it this is the uh i don't know like a top down kind of uh i don't know exactly the graphics kind of uh is it polygonal polygonal or is it pixel graphics fire emblem fire emblem graphics that's it i mean that's that's all i really have to say and it's very much like Advance Wars, where you kind of have units move around a map, do some strategy stuff. Yep. Uh, so, Carlos, tell us about tell us about Wargroove. How are you finding it? Yeah, Advance Wars, um, Fire Emblem. I mean, not as much as like you're losing characters and you have to like you know be careful like which heroes you send out and stuff like that. It's more. Well, I'm playing the campaign, so the story based mode is definitely more. Um, what's the way I want to say it? Just simplified in the fact that. There's a basic story. You are Queen Mercia. Um, you have to flee your home and your kingdom because of invaders. And there's a huge map, and each little point in the map is a battle or like a side quest. And the whole game plays out in a very linear fashion, but with a little side quest here and there. And why I say it's kind of simplified is because, you know, you beat a, a level, uh, are you, you know, conquer this castle or do whatever you need to do or you don't right and if you don't it's like well start over it's not like continue and you've lost some heroes it's just like you need to beat this level um that said there are a couple you know places on the map where you can jump over and do side quests and uh queen mercia has a dog who's like this really kick-ass dog and he's and she also has a mentor this kind of wizard character and all three of them are uh, heroes. So we talked about last episode, I love Heroes of Might and Magic. It's not exactly that type of game, but your hero does take the battlefield sometimes. And when they do, depending on which one you have, like Queen Mercia herself, or the dog, or your wizard guy, they all have different special abilities. And that comes in really in handy because most of the time you're just commanding archers and pikemen and general warrior types. Uh, and that is... These are little heroes that you create from barracks. So you've played a lot of those games where you have an area where you can create new resources, essentially. And then you've got to strategize where they're going to go on the map. And then each map is kind of different because, like, the woods are interesting where, you know, you can't see. There's that fog of war going on. And so you can't see, like, some enemy units hiding in the in the trees unless you send, like, your, like, scout dogs away. And then they might see and get rid of some of the fog of war so you can see where those enemies are. So there's some strategy, there's some combat, there's a lot of different systems of like, you know, pikemen are better at fighting this type of enemy. And, um, and like where the rock, you, paper, scissors sort of a rock, thing. paper, scissors, and also where you place them. Like if you put two pikemen net together, they have a critical attack. Um, if you're getting attacked from behind, etc. where you are on the map is important. So if you're, in the woods, you'll have better defense because you've got cover. And the whole game is just like all these little puzzles that, unlike the puzzles in Jedi, um, like I really enjoy because they are this kind of thing that have an almost feeling like an unlimited possibilities, right? You have this map. It's a 
pretty small map, but it has all these different ways you can tackle it and which directions you can come from. So yeah, the, the campaign mode is pretty straightforward. I'm, you know, not too far in it, but I've, I've met already a couple different enemies and kind of you find other enemies that are like you that are considered heroes. So essentially they have special abilities. And what's really interesting is that the hero characters can just wipe out regular troops, right? So say you've come across like a bunch of archers that are the enemy's archers. If your hero comes in, you know, it's just going to clean house. But if you get more hurt, then your attack isn't as strong. So at some point you could technically be taken out by a bunch of other lesser troops if you don't, you're not smart about it. And one more mechanic I'll say is that like, in these maps, there's these little towns, and you can take over the towns and kind of create like little defense spots. So once you go in to take over like a town or a house, then if someone tries to attack you, they've got to attack that, you know, village or house. And that gives you like a ton of defense. So the idea is to keep moving along this map and taking over sections of it, which gets you more gold and gets you more defense. And then at some point, if you do it really well, you should be in a really good position when you have to, you know, fight a more boss type character uh I, I really really enjoy it. it's one of those addictive games that you know you could just play it forever and what's interesting and this is what i'm excited to, to check in with you next episode is there's a couple different modes there's online multiplayer there's arcade mode uh which is just kind of like pick up and play a board there's puzzle mode which is interesting like something like can you beat this whole level in one turn? And you're like, how the fuck can I do that? You know? Um, and then the coolest thing is that there's create your own map mode where you can share your own maps online and download other people's. Um, but you can also add little bits of story to it. So I thought that was really cool. Cause I love games that let you make your own maps, but also like add a bit of story element. So I thought next episode we could check in and I could like, uh, have made a map and a story and tell you if, you know, people are downloading it. Okay, cool. One question for you. Yeah. I've, I've seen pictures of this. I've seen people say this is like the, you know, spiritual successor to advance wars um, that I guess we needed because Nintendo uh, or I don't think Nintendo makes it. It's like a second party. I forget who makes it, but um, you know, they don't seem really interested in continuing that series right now, even though there's a, like a lot of fans who would like to see more of that. Uh, but one thing that I've heard is that it can be really, really hard, like prohibitively difficult. Now, I know it's been patched a couple times, uh, so maybe they've addressed that. But in your experience so far, do you find it to be extremely challenging? Or is it? how has it been? Yeah, I think it's just challenging. There is different modes. I forgot if there's a story mode. No, there's not story, but there is easy. Uh, I forgot what – I think I'm just on normal. And I do remember hitting kind of like a mini wall where like – I, well, it was a side quest, I will say that. But I did a side quest and thought I could just, like, go rescue those hostages. And I was like, oh, died. Oh, died. Oh, how can I do this level? <laughs> so that was a side quest. So I can't speak to the main quest being, like, super hard. But so far, the main quest has been challenging. But that being said, unlike Dark Souls, uh, I have a very, like, like, I've been playing these types of games for a long time. So I think that there's a skill level that comes into play. Like, are you good at XCOM or are you not? Like, people are either good at that or they're not. Like, they've been playing those types of games for a while. And I feel like I've been playing these Advance War type games. 
and kind of understand the mechanics of when I should heal a character, when should I take over a village. So is this a humble brag? Are you humble is, bragging? I'm right humble now? bragging that I'm okay at these games. <laughs> yeah. If you um, want to flex, Carlos, go ahead and flex, buddy. It's okay. You're in your you, I've been doing this the whole time. Actually, the whole podcast. <laughs> just to see if anyone notices. I have been working out my arms, so, you know. But, uh, no, I think, uh, I, I think it's challenging. I don't think it's, like, fucking difficult. Yeah. I okay. Think it's, yeah. Okay. What and, and where are you playing this on? PC? PS4. PS4. Okay, cool. I believe it's also, I think it's on everything right now. Definitely on PC. I'm pretty sure it's on Switch. I think it's on all the systems. So that is Wargroove. Now, is this, uh, just to, to be clear, I believe that there's two. Is this the first Wargroove or there's like Wargroove title something, something, something? I think it's just Wargroove. I think this is it. Maybe the first one. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, it's published by, get this, Chucklefish. Those people are getting around these days. They are getting around. That was three of my titles today was published by them. Are you getting checks on the side? Are they paying you? Okay, so they also give me some money. But <laughs> the thing is, I like their games at the same time. Oh, That's, so it works out. Works out. Don't anyone believe that. I really don't get any money because I could use it, and they're not giving me any. I mean, same, dude. If anybody wants to sponsor us, I will I will take money for sure. We Okay, we should have we should have led with that. Talk about bearing the lead. I know, right? Hey, we want to so get video paid. Games podcast, we are for oh. sale. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, As- but I am gonna go into story mode pretty deep, and I'm also going to make my own story. So let's check back in with this because I, I really do like it quite a bit. Okay. Good. 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 Check back in on Wargroove next time. Um, we are gonna get to your games coming up in a second, but before we do that, we have just one really quick dip into Q and A. Um, on the drive home before we recorded, I wanted just to put some feelers out to see if anybody had questions or comments, and we got one from Elijah. And Elijah, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, it's B-E-A-H-M. I've heard, I mean, I'm guessing it's either BAME or BEAM. I don't know how to pronounce it, and I apologize because, I mean, you know, when you email somebody for a million years, because Elijah used to write at Game Critics, maybe still does once in a while, perhaps. Um, but, you know, you see somebody's name in email, and it's you know who that person is, and you know them very well, but, like, you don't hear the name out loud, right? And so there's a couple people who I'm like, I know them and I know how to spell their name, but I don't know how to pronounce their name. And Elijah is one of those. So Elijah, please let me know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, but you can find him on Twitter. It's at unabridged gamer. And he writes for other sites. Now he's left game critics. He, uh, got his, uh, fledgling feathers in and, and took flight. He's now getting paid at other bigger sites. So congratulations to Elijah. But he says to us tonight, Carlos, he did have a question. He says, what is a licensed IP that you would love to see a game come from? So I'm guessing, you know, what what movie property, what TV property, what kind of property out there would you like to see a game come from? I have an answer, but Carlos, let's hear your answer first. I mean, I have a million, but I'm just going to pick one uh, in the essence of saving time because we had to get to that fucking Metal Gear Solid uh, sale. Um, <laughs> my answer, and that's not a lie, my answer is um, The Boys uh, oh, on okay. Amazon. Because essentially, if you're not familiar, that is a series about superheroes who aren't so super or nice and are mainly, a lot of them, douchebags and terrible and the dark side of being super. And um, and this is a TV series, right? TV a TV series, on, series Amazon? on Amazon. Okay. And it's, I think, pretty brilliant. And it does pay off. Like, it's one of those ones where it's a brand new series and you're like, ugh, is this going to pay off at the end? And it does. Like, I really like the ending. So, yeah, it's it's about... And it's based on a comic book, which is 
very popular comic book. And uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for a game because it kind of can delve into that dark underside uh, indie game or maybe just something about following these characters and the kind of dark missions you'd have to go on. Think about, remember Unbreakable? Yes, where absolutely. It's like, the, uh, oh... M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, Bruce Willis and stuff. You're yeah. like, oh, that's what a superhero is? That seems pretty dark and like very humanistic. Well, similar to Watchmen, actually, the new series, which is very good. Um, you know, it, it talks about like the, the, the harsh realities of if you have these super beings, what that means. And the military's involved and, um, you know, and corruption and just asshole behavior yeah, I think that could be a really dark, interesting game. Okay, good answer. Good answer. Um, I have a couple of just really quick ones. Um, I just recently watched Doom Patrol, uh, the entire series. Have you seen that, Carlos? I was told not to check it out, but you can change my mind if you'd oh like Oh, my God. It. Doom Patrol is amazing. I love Doom Patrol. Okay. That TV series was so good. It was maybe 16 episodes. I believe it was only available on the DC Unlimited pay-per-view Yes, you're network. right. You're right. Which was ridiculous because, I'm sorry, but DC does not have enough stuff to have a whole network. No. Um, but it's like $8 a month. You can you know pay your $8, watch the whole thing in like a week. It's totally worth watching. I really love it. It's about a misfit group of, I mean, they're not even superheroes. They're just people who have superpowers. They're kind of like misfits and maladjusted people. And they go on these like really abstract earthbound flavor adventures, honestly. They do this really weird, bizarre stuff out of left field. Um, all the time. I think that would make a great game. Uh, would really love to play that. I think also, a lot of... What was uh, that? I was going to say also based on a comic. Also based on a comic. Yeah. Um, so that is a lot of potential for some good storytelling shenanigans there. But the thing that I really would like to see a game from, Big Trouble in Little China. I love oh, that movie. Have you seen that movie? It was a video game. Was it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, I think it was a Commodore 64 because I played it. I think. Oh, dude. I didn't that. <laughs> That's that's way long ago. I don't think I, I never had a Commodore sixty four. I don't think I even played a Commodore sixty four. Oh, it says well now they're showing a card game. I think it maybe my my memory's wrong. I'm getting old. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I've never seen a video game adaptation. I have seen a board game, but that's not quite the same thing. Yeah. I would love to see a video game because I mean it's got this like urban fantasy setting where you've got the real world, but you've also got monsters. You've got magic. You've got like you know, different types of mythology converging. You've got action, you've got guns, you've got cars and trucks. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you could mix up in to get a really kick-ass adventure. I mean, I love that movie. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I love the action. I love the tone, the humor, the darkness of it. And I think it would be perfect for all sorts of like, you know, maybe open world shenanigans. Oh, mission yeah. Based. I mean, that could very easily translate into something that I think would be a big win. I love, I love that movie. What's that? Um, what's that game? Uh, oh my goodness! It's like a kung fu open world. I know the one you're talking about, um, oh. and I don't know what it's called. But no way are we gonna forget that. It's we, it had, we're gonna forget it. I it had a re-release and everything. It was so I good. Know it. I know it. it's sleep, Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping, sleeping dogs. dogs. Yes, Sleeping Dogs. That's why we can't remember because that title sucks ass. That's a stupid it does title. suck ass. But that game is great, and that's what I think of when I think of Big Trouble in Little China. Very similar, and in fact, Sleeping Dogs did do. A supernatural DLC. I think they did the Chinese style hopping vampires, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, they did some kind of supernatural thing, um, which is cool. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of that game, but I did think it was pretty good. And something along those lines, but more keyed into Big Trouble in Little China. I would eat that up 
immediately. I would kickstart the shit out of that. BTWs. Okay. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Big Trouble in Little China did come up for the Commodore 64. Wow. And I'm okay. looking at a video of it right now, and it looks like Kung Fu. Remember the NES game Kung Fu? Yes, I do. Um, I would think maybe later it isn't like that. No, it's all side scrolly. Yeah, it's side scrolly, basically Kung Fu. Uh, there's a guy in a cloud at some point. It is ridiculous. I know I played it. Now I'm never gonna. Um, my memory's good. I'm not gonna second guess. That my is memory. an amazing. That is an amazing cut. I had no idea that existed. Um, I'm gonna pretend like it doesn't exist, and I'm gonna keep the same <laughs> answer because I feel like this okay. movie deserves better than that. No, I like both your answers. I like all of our answers. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, Elijah, I hope we answered your question. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for giving us that question. I think that was a good question to ask. Got me thinking, that's for sure. Uh, one last segment, and we're going to wrap the show. Carlos, games coming up. This is your jam, sir. What you got? I have very interesting ones. So, and I'm very excited because I might start one or two of them tonight. Because I, I thought you were going to say nothing. So this is this is a very good answer. I was I was ready for you to say I got nothing. But uh, I generally always have something. But last week I think was the the least amount of things I had. Um, after party is going to be like. Do you remember um, the SNL sketch where they always? joke about getting to this one guy and they never get to him no i don't remember Leslie that but i don't watch something. snl that much but I, I believe you it was a real thing okay there's something that i remember and someone will tweet probably to me about it, but it's like uh oh yeah i'll talk about this next week and they, they just never do well um what's it after party we've talked <laughs> about it like three weeks in a row yeah, neither one so of us has gotten to it yet. i have not played it yet so i apologize for that that is still in my games coming up uh and i definitely will play it but I have found two. Someday. Someday. No, not someday. I'll, I'll play it. Okay, I'll play it someday. Someday. <laughs> uh, these two I found while looking for indie games. And again, cheap and free and indie and demo goes a long way. So these are two really quick hits. One is called No Love. It's a sci-fi RPG about bettering your, in parentheses, evil self. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say anything more. Just... Google it, no love. It's sci-fi RPG. Just Google that. It is weird as fuck. Has earthbound kind of feel to it. Has very unusual new style graphics, like abstract, just weird graphics, and a really interesting, vibrant, silly future, they call it. Um, Turn-based combat, but also a lot is basically a weird story that you just uncover. No love is what it's up on my... Uh, next up list and also don't give up a cynical tale uh, this was a video game rpg um, on kickstarter by created by taco pizza cats one of my favorite developer names ever and it's a comedic retro inspired rpg about the cynical and hilarious realities of social interaction and confronting your inner demons does that not sound good ah uh, sounds interesting to me uh, there's a free demo available for that game. Don't give up. So that's probably why it went to the top of my list. Uh, don't give up a cynical tale. Going to try that free demo. Very excited. Uh, art style is very cool. RPG, again, tones of Earthbound. And No Love, a sci-fi RPG. So Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, I look forward to hearing further information on these games. Yes. Oh, before we uh, wrap up, I thought I mentioned, when you mentioned sci-fi, I've never mentioned this on your podcast, but I was a voiceover in a video game. Do you know that? Well, number one, this is your podcast also. Right. Uh, and number two, I do not know that. No. So the game is called, uh, let me get it right. <clears throat> Rimdiriasa. Nope. Hold on. 
What? Hold on. Because they, they were really proud of me the first time I mentioned it. It's called Rim di Ressa. Well, that's close. I, you got to spell it. I don't even know what you're even saying. I know, but I'm trying to pronounce it the right way. It's R-Y-M-D-R-E-S-A. It doesn't look like it would sound like that, but it, they they taught me how to say it because I did voiceover, and it was Rim di Ressa, something like that. Anywho, it's a sci-fi game where procedural universe uh, 2D really interesting exploring sci-fi indie game but if you i'm an easter egg and if you like find <laughs> find this one little planet somewhere as you are in real life by as way. i am I'm, I'm dressed as an easter egg right now uh who's flexing but um <laughs> flexing easter egg call this flexing episode flexing easter egg, easter egg. only uh, on this show folks so i if you find this one planet there's like a little audio journal and i wrote my own little like poem or like audio journal thing and and i read it too so yeah all right is that on pc it's on steam r y m d r e s a and you can see tell me if you find me i'm an easter egg he's the easter egg carlos the easter egg excellent excellent i did not know that that is a great factoid maybe we will use that in some upcoming trivia show based on our lives who knows <laughs> okay. okay who knows all right well thank you for joining us folks this brings us to the end of the show we are very glad that you were along for our usual brand of bullshit Carlos and I will be back next week with another episode, another heap and helping. In the meantime, we would love your questions and or comments. Uh, as stated earlier, you can reach us. So video games podcast at gmail.com. You can also post comments for us at gamecritics.com when the show goes up. And we are on Twitter collectively at so video games. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, you seem to have a different answer every week. Where can they find you? this week in the vast network of social media well this one it's just going to go back to twitter because i am really going crazy with making these videos on twitter so i'd love for you to come over there and join me uh i just hit 2,000 followers which is you know whatever but that's pretty cool a bunch of people uh hanging out with me over there it's twitter.com slash o-n-a-w-a and come follow me i put up a ton of videos now on twitter uh natively so you don't have to leak leave you can just scroll and see my weird videos Excellent, excellent. Okay, I am also on Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is it for us. Thank you again for joining us on So Video Games, and we will be back next week. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. Oh, and uh, wait, another thing from Carlos. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, he, I, he messed it all up. I'll say this. If you got to the end of this podcast, A, thank you. Because Big this is you. the very end, like the very last thing we're about to say. Holy shit, you're amazing. B, just share this podcast with a friend. Because obviously you like it enough that you got all the way to here, right? But what if they're hate listening? Oh, hate listening to the very end? Maybe. Who knows? It's the internet, dude. You know what? If you are, then still share it. All right? Still share it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe other people can hate listen to the very end. That's fine, I guess. I mean, why not? Sure, let's spread the love. And with that, I'm Audi 5000.